1: Let's start out tonight with a cops and robbers show that's really on the light side. Now, you're going to hear Dick Powell as he stars in the Richard Diamond Private Detective radio series. He plays the part as the lighthearted detective who often ended the episodes singing to his girlfriend, Helen Asher, played by Virginia Gregg. Other cast members included Rick's friend and former partner on the police force, Lieutenant Walter Levinson, played by Ed Begley, and others along with Wilms Herbert as Walt's bumbling sergeant, Otis. Now, Herbert also doubled on the show as Helen's, uh, Helen's uh, butler, Francis. <laughs> the theme, Leave it to Love, was whistled by Powell at the beginning of each episode. And by the way, Dick Powell was no slouch of a businessman. His company, Four Star Television, produced the television version of Richard Diamond, Private Detective, which premiered on the 1957 CBS In tonight's episode, Richard Diamond's next-door neighbor can't stand Richard's voice and and sets out to fix it. (laughs) Richard
2: Diamond, private detective. Da,
3: da, da.
4: about. Why aren't you at the office?
5: Now, don't confuse me, dear. One question at a time. Come on in the study and I'll tell you all about it. Oh,
4: now stop being so mysterious. You never come over here at this time of the day. Read some of these. What are they?
5: Letters. Letters. Read them.
4: All of them? Well, there must be at least a half a hundred. Well,
5: close. Fifty-three. And those are only about one-tenth of the pile that's in my office.
4: Oh, Yeah,
5: the lovely, dear, sweet tenants in that gorgeous building right next to this one. They
4: like your singing.
5: Uh, Read a couple. Me, me, me. Ho, ho, ho. Dear
4: Mr. Diamond. La,
5: la, la, la. Rick.
4: Go on, go on, go on. Well, stop sounding like a whole quartet. All right. Dear Mr. Diamond. I live in the building across the way from Miss Asher's apartment.
5: Right over there.
4: At least once a week, I sit in my living room and listen to the sounds of your melodious voice.
5: Domenico (laughs) tulapé.
4: Last week, however, I waited for seven straight days, but without result. You did not sing. (laughs) Please, (laughs) Mr. Diamond, for the sake of my family continue to sing at least once a week. Hmm. I'm beginning to nag my husband, and yesterday I took the rubber bone away from my French poodle. Everybody shall be a You see, it's getting to be a real problem with me, and if you want to save me the $25 a day, I would have to pay my psychiatrist. Sing. ho. Yours expectantly, Mrs. Louise Cartwright. Rick, are they all like this?
5: No, certainly not. Some of them are really desperate. Now, here's the one I saved out. Read this one if you really want to get a charge. Oh,
4: me, 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 My mm-hmm. dearest, Mr. Don. Mm-hmm. Go, wow. go on, go on, go on, go on. I have been listening to your beautiful singing. What? What do you mean, what?
5: Uh, what you just read. I've been listening. No, 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 the last part.
4: Your beautiful singing?
5: Yes, I'm in a tragedy evening. Oh, you sure
4: <laughs>
5: Go on, finish it now, finish it.
4: Well, she's been listening to your beautiful singing. Oh, yes. Um, And many times I've seen you going into Miss Asher's apartment, and I think you are as beautiful as your voice. Oh.
5: What? You said that. Turn off the steam and read the last part.
4: I wouldn't miss it. Last week, I waited and waited, but you didn't sing.
5: Everybody (laughs) shall be exalted.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I know you were in Miss Asher's apartment, and you certainly had the chance. If Miss Asher is the one that wo- that won't let you sing, come over to my apartment. I have a piano and I just love it. Nine seven seven Park, apartment three oh three. Signed, your most ardent fan, Ellen.
5: Uh, Mademoiselle, Tita, Rick, what are you
4: doing? Open your window. Don't you think it's a little stuffy in here? The air conditioning's on. <laughs> Rick, now stay away from that piano. No,
5: I knew it. I knew it. Ellen's right. You really don't want me to sing.
4: At 11 o'clock in the morning? No. I want you to sing tonight when it's more romantic.
5: Oh, shame on you. Me? Yes, you. You want to deprive those poor, discouraged people of a little honest, simple pleasure? You want that woman to take her dog's bone away again? (laughs) You idiot. Oh, no telling what'll happen. Those people might not leave their apartments for days. It'll get to be like a prison camp. Think of it. No food. No food. They won't leave the building even to go out and get an orange or a lime or something. And you know what? What? Scurvy. Ah. <laughs> They'll be dying like flies.
4: Well, go on. What's the matter?
5: Dying like flies. <laughs> I wonder who thought of that bright little simile. I've got a big green fly in my office. It's so tough he carries a man's sweater.
3: Oh. <laughs> well, you think it's funny, do you? Think what'll happen
5: if those poor people stay in that building, withering up with scurvy, you fiend. I...
4: I know it. Yes. It's just that... Well, I don't want to share your tonsils with anyone. I'm selfish.
5: Me, me, me. You're more than that. You're antisocial. All right. All right. You mean...
4: Yes. Sing.
5: Stop, fellow. A hundred and one pounds of fun. That's my little honey bun. Rick. Yes.
4: Did you hear something? Oh, I think so. Try it again.
5: <clears throat> All right. A hundred and one pound. Oh, pound no! Rick? Hmm, yes. I heard it. There's a grouch. Rick. Yes.
4: There's an enemy in the camp.
5: Well, what do we do? We can't just let those people die over there. Sink him. You mean?
4: Yes. Sing. It's your duty.
5: You're right. It's no longer a matter of personal pride. I must defeat the grouch at all costs. For those thousand starving tenants. Thousands? Big rooms. Stand back. Good luck. Thank you. You
4: are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine.
5: He's weakening. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. sunshine, sunshine. He's nearly done.
4: Are sunshine, you are my sunshine, you are my sunshine, you are my sunshine, you are my sunshine. There he goes. You are my sunshine. Rick. Ricky? Decidedly.
5: Bull Run was never like this.
4: All right. Now sing Honey Bun and save those poor people.
5: A hundred and one pounds of fun. That's my little Honey Bun. Honey Bun. Bun. Mm, Rick! Good grief. Bon! Rick! What happened? I don't know. I can talk all right, but the minute I go up, something happens.
4: I hope you didn't hurt it. La, 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 Oh, Rick!
5: Oh, now, isn't that ridiculous?
4: I can't help laughing, but it isn't really funny. Come on, let's go get you some warm milk or something. (laughs) Mimi, Lord, I'm off Now, stop that. Give it a rest.
5: Oh, if that grouch only knew, I may never bother him again. Well,
4: he's the only one that doesn't like it. Poor guy. Poor guy, now. That's a silly thing to say. Well,
5: honey, he doesn't like it. Let's face it. He'll probably get so desperate he'll have to move.
4: Okay, let him.
5: I wonder what he's doing right now.
4: now. I'll bet he's planning something fiendish.
5: You think he's going to start shooting burning
4: arrows? I wouldn't put it past him. Now, let's take care of that throat. Well,
5: sometimes silly things like that happen. I come on like a big baritone and lose my voice. Helen has to feed me hot lemon juice and honey for about three hours... and the grouch across the way in the next apartment starts thinking... up the ten best ways to eliminate Diamond. Think I'm kidding? Well, let me tell you. I didn't know it then, but that fast course of... You Are My Sunshine with my own lyrics started more trouble than a hopped-up mouse and a herd of elephants. While Helen fed me the tonsil cure, old Grouchhead was dreaming of a cure of his own. What am, I what am I going to
6: do? I work in the daytime, try to sleep at night. He sings at night. I switch to the night shift. He sings in the daytime. Oh, I'll fix him. I'll fix that diamond. Yeah, phone book. Phone book.
3: Detectives. Private
6: detectives. Ah, look at that. Richard Diamond, private detective. Full page ad. Wouldn't you know it? Yeah, look at that slogan. Whoever you are, whatever you do, if you're too dead to walk, we'll come to you. Ugh. Must be other detectives in here. Ah, oh, here's one Pat Cossack. Uh, you are my sunshine, eh? Oh, Diamond, I'll fix you. I'll fix you good. Is this Pat Kosack? Yeah, for employment. Uh, haven't I heard of you before? I doubt it.
2: Probably that Shamus in Frisco. He's always stealing my stuff. Uh, uh well,
6: my name is Ernest Lumpkin. Happy Halloween, Mr. Pumpkin. No, no, no. Lumpkin. Lum. Okay, okay. What can I do for you? Well, I've got a problem. It concerns another person in your line of work. You mean another Shamus? Yes. He uh, sings. You mean Diamond? Oh, is he a friend of yours? A
2: competitor isn't a friend. Uh. Diamond gets more clients than anyone in the business, so he isn't even a competitor. He's a capitalist. Uh. He can advertise. People go to him instead of me. I hate him.
6: Oh, uh, Mr. Koslack, hey, you're not alone.
2: The name's Kosak, Mr. Dumpkin.
6: Uh, Lumpkin.
2: Lumpkin, Dumpkin. You want to hire me?
6: But uh, you don't even know what I want you to do.
2: Can you pay me 50 bucks a day? If you can do the job in one day. For 50 bucks, I'll steal a Chrysler building. and Bring it over to you on a motor scooter. What's
6: your address? 977 Park Avenue. And hurry! <laughs>
4: throat
5: feel now. Oh, scalded. I'll be eating Zymol trochies for a week.
4: Oh, now, it wasn't that hot.
5: Wasn't it? Honey, that lime water was so hot, Alibaba could have boiled his 40 thieves in it.
4: Your speaking voice is all right. Oh,
5: I think I've swallowed a bear rug. Where are you going? Well, I can't sing, and I'm going to see you tonight anyway, so I I think I'll drop down to the 5th Precinct and drive Sergeant Otis out of his mind. Oh,
4: Rick, that poor man. He called up last week when Lieutenant Levinson was looking for you, and he sounded like he was dying, and you were responsible. Honey, when
5: Otis dies, everybody will be running around in spaceships. He got through the Stone Age all right, didn't he? Die. I left Helen and headed for the 5th Precinct police station. It was one of those good afternoons. The sun was leaning on three o'clock, and now and then a cool breeze would sail through my sinus and pump my lungs full of that easy, good-to-be-walking-around feeling. I had just about everything. Good job, good girl, and the 4-0 report from my insurance company. When I reached the station, I hopped up the steps and bounced into the squad room. Sergeant Otis was sitting, sitting over in the corner, making out the weekly report for the commissioner. <coughs> Hello, Otis. Uh, oh. What do you want, Shamus? Well, really nothing. I just came by to see if I could borrow one of your shoes. I'm going sailing.
6: Oh, that's very funny. You know, someday, Gumshoe, sure you're going to run out of gags. Then what are you going
5: to do? Well, I could set you on fire. That's sure to be a good uh, chuckle. Hmm? Oh, yeah. And Lieutenant in? Yeah. Otis, uh, you want to know how to catch a crook? Ah, white guy. Eat a lot of spaghetti. Ah. Uh-huh.
6: How can they catch a crook that way?
5: Just open that big mouth and say, oh, yeah. You'll lasso him. Hello, Lieutenant Levinson. Lieutenant Levinson? Well, how do you do, Mr. Diamond? Now, what's with the formal routine? Oh, I can't help it. Every time I leave Otis, I feel like I've just stepped out of a gorilla cage. Oh, why don't you leave that poor guy alone, Rick? Oh, he's used to it. If I started treating him like a human being, he'd get so confused he'd probably cut off his tail. (laughs) Think what would happen, Walt, when he wanted to go to sleep at night. No more hanging upside down. Oh, brother. What's on your mind? Oh, I just thought I'd stop by and chew the fat. Well, go ahead. I already did. Chewed a whole pound right off Otis. Walt, are you sure he's a mammal? Now, you listen to me. Otis is a nice fella. For a hammerhead. He can't help it, so stop tearing him down and tell me what you really want. Walt, I'm surprised at you. I just wanted to stop by and say hello. Hello. Where's the body? Now, look, there's no body, just a nice chat, that's all. Okay, but I warn you, I won't stand for any routines. If you're mixed up in something and I have to find out the hard way, so help me, I'll put you away so far, i will have to pipe air into you. Walt, you do. Do what? Love me. Oh. Would you like to wear my Sig Alf pin? Rick, Rick oh, Pete's oh, sake, what's the matter with you? You've been growing poppies in your office? <coughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah, what is it, Otis? Miss Asher on the phone for Diamond. Okay. Phone for you, Rick. Alan. Oh, thanks. Fifth Precinct. Remember our motto: A corpse in the morgue is worth two in your basement. <laughs> oh no! It's true, Walt. It's true. Oh,
3: that wall just jumped out
5: of the window. No, honey. There's a cast system around here. When Walt feels like jumping out of a window, he throws orders out first to see if it hurts. Oh. Hi, you, baby. Hi. Rick, a uh, Mr. Jones called. He said it was very important that he see you at once. Said it was a matter of life and death. Jones. First name John. Well, he didn't say.
4: Just gave me an address and asked you to come over immediately.
5: 137 River Street. He called me at your apartment? Uh-huh. Hey, I
4: never thought of that. How'd he get the
5: number? Uh, no telling. Well, I'll go on over. Maybe he'll turn out to be a good client. Call you later, baby.
4: How's your throat? Oh, la
5: done, I'm all... Mm.
4: Goodbye, man.
5: Hey, you really sound terrible. Yeah, uh, I'll see you later, Walter. <laughs> huh? Oh, uh... Well, uh, thanks for the brilliant conversation, Sporty. Walt, just because I didn't have a corpse hidden out someplace, you get mad. All right, see if I care. Oh, now, wait a minute. No, no, I understand. Well, you can just get someone else to play jacks with. I'll send you Sam's Spade. Now, now, Rick.
2: Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Why haven't you got that report in here?
6: Uh, I've been eating spaghetti. Spaghetti? Yeah, and that diamond's a liar. I can't through nothing. Maybe you have to be a cowboy.
5: Thanks, Gabby. Keep the change. 137 River Street, the address Helen had given me over the phone, was an old deserted warehouse. Now, I want to stop right here and say I admit it was pretty stupid to wander into an empty warehouse like that. But I figured that this Jones guy must be in some kind of trouble to leave a message like that with Helen. The place was as empty as a fairground in the winter. I put my hand on my 38 and kept moving toward the back of the building. Then I saw a door. A sign on it said, John Jones, enter. And wouldn't you know it, I did.
3: Hey! What's going on? Where am I? Let me out of here!
2: Come on,
6: Mr. Lumpkin. Let's get out of here.
3: Let me out of here!
6: But I don't understand. He's liable to stay in there forever. I don't want him to stop singing like that.
2: Somebody will come along. I promise you that. I just want him to stay in there for half an hour. That's all.
6: And then, Now, wait a minute. I want to know just what this is all about.
2: You want him to lose his voice, don't
6: you? Oh, I love it.
2: Well, when he went through that door, he started losing it.
6: How? Well, what's behind that door?
2: An ice box. Come on, Mr. Grumpkin.
5: Well, that's exactly where I was in an ice box—not a very big one, but a very cold one, the kind a company might have to store fresh meat and drinks. I tried breaking down the door, but it was a foot thick. I struck a match and looked around. Lots of ice, no way out. So I turned up my collar and sat on the wait. <laughs> I don't know how long I sat there, but I guessed it to be about 20 minutes. I could tell because my feet had frozen up about 20 minutes worth. Then I heard that lovely sound. Rick. Rick, you in there? Yeah, yeah. Hand me an ice pick. I want to get my my feet uncrossed. How on the devil did this happen? Well, I think one of the frozen food companies got a new idea. What's the matter, Diamond? Forget (sighs) your sleigh. Shut up, Olinny. You think you can walk, Rick? Yeah, sure, but I, I might squeak a little. Ooh. Got a Bunsen Burr, Andy? <laughs> Otis. <laughs> okay. How did you find me? We got a call. From a guy named Jones? Yeah. Said he was in danger and that you were coming down to meet him at the warehouse. Said he saw two guys lock you in this icebox. Oh, dandy. Did he say where he was? Yeah. Here's the address. Thanks. Hey, where do you think you're going? Well, I feel better now. I'm going over to find Jones. Well, you might get in trouble. Well, if I can find the two guys who locked me up, you can bet on it. Well, I'm going to send Otis along with you. Otis? I thought you wanted me to keep out of trouble. Oh, now, wait a minute. I can keep you out of trouble, Diamond. Oh, Otis, you couldn't find an elephant in an elevator. Ah, But come on and bring your head with you. This is the
6: address where that Jones guy said he'd meet you.
5: Uh, I'm Mandelbaum, Swedish massage. Hmm, This guy really picks up some great places to hide out. Come on, Otis, speak first or the rest of you'll never get out of the car. Hey, oh. uh, hey, Diamond, you think while you're talking with this guy Jones, I might get me a rub down? Otis, to rub that stomach of yours, it would take a gallon of baby oil and an octopus to get anywhere. Hey, hey it smells kind of good, don't it? Like a pine tree, maybe. Otis, how would you remember? The last time you smelled a pine tree was when you used to run with a pack. Now, listen here, Diamond. You gotta lay off. I don't go around Yeah, there.
6: what can I do for you?
5: Holy cow. Get the biceps. Oh, I'm looking for a guy named Jones.
6: yeah? Who wants him?
5: The name's Diamond.
6: Oh. Well, Mr. Jones is expecting you. I think he's back in the steam. Which way is it? Uh, straight back. I'd show you when I gotta give a guy a rub.
5: Come on, Otis. You must be at the end of the hall. That's a pretty bright observation. Seeing as how there's only one door, and it's at the end of a hall. Yeah, yeah, that's the steam room. How do you know? Oh, by this little window in the door. What do you see? Steam. Then, by golly, it must be the steam room.
6: Jimmy, hey, I can't see nothing. Uh,
5: Mr. Jones? Hey, ain't that some guy lying over there on the bench? Yeah, looks like it. Mr.
4: Jones? You
5: hmm. don't answer. No. Oh, just look, I'm going over there. Keep the door open. I don't want anyone to lock me in this place. Oh, okay. Okay. Mr. Jones, I... Well... Hey, Otis. It's just a bunch of towels rolled up to look like somebody.
3: Yeah? Hey!
5: hey. Otis, what's the matter? Uh, Diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you? Right over here. Oh, what are you doing there? I told you to stay by the door and keep it open.
6: Well, I did stay by the door until I got
5: pushed. Pushed!
3: Oh, no.
6: You know something? What? I think we're locked in. <laughs>
5: Oh, shut up, Otis. Ah, but I don't feel so good. What are we gonna do? Oh, why don't you be happy? It's the only chance you'll ever get to sort off some of that blubber. Yeah, you want one I should look like one of the atrocity pictures. Otis, you could lose 300 pounds and still weigh in with King Kong. Yeah, there's no time to get nasty. Well, relax. Read a magazine or something. What do you mean? Just what I said, read a magazine. Isn't that one right over there? Yeah. Okay. Uh- Oh, for Pete's sake. How can I read this thing, Shamus? The pages is all stuck together. You couldn't read the first line of an eye chart anyway. Just look at the pictures and shut up. Okay. Hey! What's the matter? This magazine. Take a look at this. What is it? It's
6: one of them movie magazines. Uh, uh, movie stars parade. So what? Well, get a load of
5: these pictures. Ain't that you? Let me see. Well, how about that? Some guy acting like Richard Diamond, private detective. Well, it looks like you. Ah, no, it's that Powell guy, that actor. Carry it up. Oh, no, no, it's a good magazine. Give me that. Oh, hey, what'd you do that for? If it hadn't been for that juvenile, I could have been in pictures myself. Now try kicking in that little window again. Ah, it's no use. That glass must be bulletproof. Oh, swell. First an icebox and now a steam bath. I'm going to start thinking I'm in California. Well, don't just sit there sweating. Do something. My uniform's shrinking. Well, maybe now it'll match your head. I just can't figure this. If Someone wants to. Well, if someone wants to get rid of me. Why did they do it the old-fashioned way? Oh, don't say that. Oh, how long do you think we've been in here? I don't know. A hey, diamond. Yeah. My socks just disappeared. Well, go kick on the door again. It's your turn.
6: No, I don't think I can make it. We've been in here for days. Hey. Look at your watch.
5: It's all steamed up. I can't tell. You think there'll be anything left? Just your shoes, Otis. It'll take a blast furnace to get rid of those. (laughs) Wait a minute. What's the matter? I thought I heard somebody outside.
6: Yeah? Uh, Help! Help! Shut up. Hey. Hey, what's going on in here? Who closed the bowl on the door?
5: We're saved. Uh, Would you mind helping us out, old man? We seem to be a little limp.
6: Hey, where's Mr. Jones? Hey, what are you doing in here with your clothes on?
5: Trying to get him steam clean. Yeah. Oh, fresh
6: air. Now, would you two guys mind telling me what this is all about?
5: Maybe you better tell us, Buster.
6: I don't know what you mean.
5: Who locked the door on us?
6: How do I know? I give a guy a rub. When I come back, I find the door bolted.
5: Hey, where's Mr. Jones? You sure he was in the steam room?
6: Sure. He comes in and says he wants a steam. You should show up. I should send you back. I told him I was going to give a rub to stay in long as he liked.
5: Did he ask you how long the rub would be?
6: Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, he did. I said it'd be about half hour.
5: I don't get it. I don't get it. He wanted me in that steam room for just a half an hour. He wanted me in that ice box for about the same time. What's with this? Diamond. Look at this uniform. Oh, I think it's lovely, Otis. You should always wear knickers. <music> This is stupid. Didn't the guy at the steam room tell you what this Jones guy looked like? Well, from the description, could have been anyone. Look, I'm just as mixed up as you are. Ah, we'll keep after it. Just don't worry, that's all. Hey, Diamond.
6: Miss Asher just called and I told her what's been happening.
5: You mean you know?
6: No, but I told her anyway. She said you should come right over because she had dinner for you. And she wanted to take care of you. <laughs>
5: Isn't he a lovely wolf? Think what that head is going to look like in a bottle. Oh... Now you got him sore. It's going to be horrible around here. Well, isn't it always? Now I'm going on over to Helen's. Keep after that Jones guy and let me know if you run across anything.
3: How
7: are
2: you, Mr. Clumpkin? Lumpkin. Okay, how are
6: you? Uh, come in, come in. Well, uh, you think it did the trick? Look, when Pat... Uh... Yeah, Cossack.
2: Yeah, Cossack. Well, when I do anything, the results are guaranteed. I just hailed Diamond from the station. Went into his girlfriend's apartment across the way.
6: Oh, goody. <laughs> Let's see what happens tonight. I'm staying home from work just to hear him not sing.
2: Yeah, about my 50 bucks.
6: Oh, look, he's never in that apartment more than 10 minutes before he starts singing. If he goes over 15, you get your 50. Come on. What are we going to do? Raise the window. I don't want to miss the lovely silence when he opens that big
5: bazoo. <laughs>
4: Hey, that look
5: funny.
4: I'm
5: sorry, Rick, but your clothes are shrunk so much. You see, Otis. I'm sorry. Well, you should be. I
4: don't know what I've been through. Oh, yes, I do, and Mommy's going to make it better. Here's a nice drink. I don't want a nice drink. Oh, it's strong enough. Well, put
5: it in the dirty glass.
4: You just drink it. Okay. <sighs> oh, wow, my throat. Ah! You hear something? No, why? Nothing. Your throat's still pretty bad.
5: Don't know. Me, 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 me. Oh, hey, it's pretty good. That sounds
4: great. Oh, no! Now, I heard something then. Yeah,
5: so did I. It's a grouch again. Give it to him. Oh, you bet. I feel mean. A hundred and one pounds of fun. That's my little honey bun. Get a load of honey bun tonight I'm speaking of my sweetie pie Only 60 inches high Every inch is packed with dynamite Her hair is blonde and curly Her curls are hurly-burly Her lips are pips I call her hips whirly and whirly She's my baby I'm her pap. I'm her booby, she's my trap. I am caught and I don't want to because 'cause I'm having so much fun with honey bad. <laughs> hey, what's going
3: on over there? You're close the Okay, but don't hit me again. If you keep the fifty
5: bucks. Hey, Anyone sing again, huh? Said you fixed it. Well, that's you. No, not that. Put down that chair. Oh! Go oh, on, get out of here! That thought you are singing better than ever. Okay, okay, only don't hit me again. Help. yes, Rick! You know that ice box and that steam bath were the best things in the world for my throat.
4: Yes. After you lost your voice this morning, I didn't think anything was going to help. But that ice box and that steam bath really did. Diamond!
5: Oh, hello, Mr. Lumpkin.
4: I hear you say you lost your
3: voice this morning.
5: That's right, Mr. Lumpkin. Then didn't think I was gonna get it back either.
3: Good night, Mr. Diamond!
8: You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Jack Crucian, and Stephen Dunn. Music was under the direction of Frank Wirth. Richard Diamond is written and directed by Blake
5: Edwards. Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell, was previously released over the National Broadcasting Company for listeners in the United States, and has been re-released to you men and women overseas by the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education.
1: Stay tuned for Red Skelton next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the master of the rubbery faces and wacky voices, Red Skelton, as he shows up as Clem Cadiddlehopper going to the doctor. (laughs)
9: the Raleigh Cigarette Program, starring Red Skelton, with David Forrester and his orchestra, our singing star, Anita Ellis, Gigi Pearson, Verna Felton, Pat McGeehan, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. It's a pleasure to bring you Metro-Golden-Mayer's popular comedian and the star of the Raleigh Cigarette Program,
10: Red Red Skelton.
8: Thank you very much and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, did you hear that the the awards just now on the air? No, I do not hear. I understand that the bartenders' guy just voted Lost Weekend as the best picture. See, Winchell gave it <laughs> Winchell gave it an orchid, and the bartenders gave it four roses. <laughs> well, Red, you look <laughs> a little tired tonight. What have you been doing? I've been up all night with a sick routine, you know. A <laughs> routine that Major Daniels gave me. Right. Tonight, I feel a bit. uh... <laughs> There's a word here I'm not gonna try <laughs> I feel a bit uh, debilitated I'll bet my teacher in Sans is proud of me
9: What have you been doing, Red? Well, our sponsor, Mr. Raleigh,'s is in town tonight Raleigh? Yes Raleigh, let's see I do believe I've heard that name before <laughs> Come, come, old boy <laughs> You better remember it or you won't
8: hear it again <laughs> Oh, I love this guy. He's so naive. He meets the train, you know. Mr. Raleigh gets up. There he is, standing with a big sign on his back. Smoke
9: Raleigh's and tune in on Tuesday. <laughs> well, Mr. Raleigh enjoyed that.
8: Oh, yeah. He's got a great sense of humor, you know. I was with him last night. He'd tell a joke, and I'd laugh, and then I'd tell a joke. Then he'd tell a joke, and I'd laugh. And... <laughs> He's a nice fellow, though. Say, know? did you get him a date with a glamour girl? No, he wants Rita Hayworth or nothing. Did you ask her? Yes, and nothing's getting mighty monotonous. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to go to a Hollywood nightclub for a sandwich. Well, what did you do? We sold his Cadillac and went in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> you say, did Mr. Rowley have a good time at the nightclub? Yeah, we saw a very good show. A girl did a fan dance the hard way.
9: Did a fan dance the hard way? Yeah, she
8: used a yo-yo with a feather on it. <laughs>
9: Did discuss the radio show with Mr. Raleigh? Yes, I did. I told him because the show was so successful,
8: I was going to tear up my old contract and ask for a new one. We was up way late into the night. Celebrating? No, pasting my contract back
3: together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after
8: all, he pays me $5,000 a week. <laughs> $5,000 is a lot of cigarettes, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, where's Mr. Raleigh staying? Well, you know that big apartment, the Wilshire Palms, with a view of the park? Yeah? Well, I got him a place in the park with a view of the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and we got him a room. We got him a room. But I'm uh, having a little trouble with him. He insists on having four doors put in it, one for each wall. Why? He says if Lana Turner walks by, he's going to be ready.
4: <laughs> Hello, Red. Oh, how Isn't are you? Is Mr. Anita? Raleigh a wonderful man? He
8: sure is, Anita.
4: You know, I think you overdid it, though, the way you tried to impress him. What do you mean? Well, after all, meeting a train dressed as Sir Walter
10: Raleigh. <laughs> You're proud of
8: that, aren't you? (laughs) Well, you know, I told Mr. Raleigh that you were the loveliest, most charming girl I knew outside of being the best singer.
4: Oh, you're so sweet, Red. (laughs) I could throw my arms around you and hug you.
8: Really? Well, that's not all I said either. (laughs) (laughs) And he said to me, he says, he's going to double your salary.
4: Oh, gee, I think I'll save that hug for Mr. Raleigh.
8: Well, that'll learn to keep my mouth (laughs) shut.
10: Oh, Red, uh, here's Pat with something for you. Oh? Red, you're gonna be proud of this. Red Skelton care NBC Hollywood. Poor Richard board meeting yesterday nominated one Red Skelton to non-resident membership in Ye Old Club. Unanimous approval given by every member. Congratulations, Roger Clip, President Poor Richard Club. And here, Red, is your ribbon and Poor Richard Medal. Well,
8: thank you very much. <laughs> To be a member of such a great organization that does so much for their fellow man. Now, lovely Anita Ellis sings All the Things You Are.
3: That makes the lonely wind seem long. You are the breathless hush of evening that trembles on the brink of a lovely song. You are the. That lights a star. The dearest things I know of what you are. Some day my happy arms will hold you, and some day I'll know that moment. when all the things you are, are, you are the breathless hush of evening That trembles on the brink of a lovely song You are the angel glow that lights a star The dearest things I know of what you are
8: Skelton scrapbook of satire to a story entitled Hospital Capers. Our characters are fictional. Any resemblance to persons living is unintentional and shouldn't happen to a dog. <laughs> Chapter 83 is entitled Afraid of the Doctor. This is the story of Clem Cadiddlehopper, <laughs> the man with the IQ of double zero. <laughs> Two empty heads. He's a hypochondriac. It will take anything that even looks like a pill. do 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 all the things I am, I words for you. I just don't feel good today. I took my temperature and it's just two points under the price of eggs. I really feel bad. I went to see Doctor Gillespie. I sat through the picture three times and he didn't even wait on me. I've been taking medicine all week. I took three bottles of them vitamin pills. It's pretty hard, too, boy. Them bottles are hard to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> Think I'll go tell Sarah Do. Maybe she'll be sympathetic with me. Howdy, Clem. Well, Sarah Dew. Do. Howdy, doody to you, too. <laughs> do. Imagine
3: running into you. What a surprise.
8: Yeah, I'm surprised too. Would you help me come under the car here, please? What's ailing
3: you? You look silly.
8: Well, you don't look so good, you know, yourself. I ain't been myself lately. I just what's that rope? What's that rope in your hand? Well, that's got me puzzled. Either I found a rope or I've lost the cow. Don't feel good, so Can't seem well, to see.
3: Well, Clem, I'd go see a doctor if I you, because you don't look so good.
8: You said that while ago, and you don't look so good yourself. <laughs> old woman. <gasps> yeah. Why, Clem, I'm not
3: the so And hmm. After all, I've still got the schoolgirl complexion.
8: Yeah, but those awful big diplomas under your eyes...
4: Than me.
8: Well, that'll be pretty hard to do, you know. Oh, is it,
4: Clem? Yeah, it'll
8: be hard to name one. There's so many, you know.
3: Clem? Was that a joke?
8: I thought it was until I said it.
4: <laughs> well, I'm sorry to say this, Clem, but you got bats in your belfry.
8: Is that who's ringing them bells in my head? I took a box of them uh, pills, you know, that puts iron in your blood.
3: You took a whole box of pills at once?
8: Family size, too.
4: (laughs) Well, you certainly ought to have iron in your blood now.
8: You're not kidding. Watch, I'll bend over for you. Ah,
4: Gee, you're going to have to get oiled.
8: Well, I can't drink a thing. (laughs) Makes my teeth get all rusty, you know. (laughs) Goodness, I feel like an old junk heap, you know. Well, you better come with
3: me to Doc
8: Thompson's office. No, no. The last time I was at Doc Thompson's office, he wrote out a prescription for me to take. I took the prescription and it was the worst tasting paper I ever had in my (laughs)
3: life.
8: Well, let's go in and see the doc. Come on, we'll go.
9: Good afternoon, Sarah. Dew. Uh,
4: Doc Thompson, will you take a look at my boyfriend Clem?
9: Do I have to? <laughs> my Clem, you do look pale and wrinkled. Yeah,
8: it's a Venetian blind. I'm over here. <laughs>
9: What seems to be your trouble?
8: Well, I've been staying up nights trying to figure out what's wrong with me. You have? Yep, I was up last night and I found out what it was. What? I ain't been getting enough sleep (laughs) (laughs) lately.
9: Well, can you remember what brought this trouble on?
8: Yes, I do. I took a bunch of them iron pills, you know. I believe I'm turning into a robot.
9: What makes you think so?
8: They threw me out of a theater last night for applauding How oh, do you like that real dishpan hand?
9: <laughs> Why, that's awful. You know, if this keeps up, you'll turn into a steel mill.
8: I know already. Pickets are walking around me.
9: <laughs> well, let's look at your throat. Okay. Open wide. Oh, oh, oh
8: my.
3: Oh, what is
9: it, Doc? Well, take a look.
8: Can I see, oh. too? <laughs> or can I? <laughs> It'd be quite a trick, wouldn't it? <laughs>
9: Yes, we'll get a mirror.
8: Here, look. Mm, Boy, what a throat. (laughs) Looks like a bowling alley with one pin still standing.
9: (laughs) Well, you'll be all right. Just stop eating those things that make iron in your blood like raisins and spinach.
8: Yeah, I'll cut out all pork, too. I don't want any pig iron.
9: (laughs) (laughs) It's too fast for him. He didn't
8: get it either. (laughs)
9: Now let's see your tongue. Okay. Stick it out. Mm-hmm. Further. Mm-hmm. Further. Mm-hmm. Further. Mm-hmm. What is it? Hmm, it's half red and half plaid.
8: That's my socks coming through. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think, Doc? What do you think?
9: Well, I think you'd better go to the hospital.
8: Not me. My mother went to the hospital once. Well, what happened? Well, here I am. <laughs> David Forrester and his orchestra play the uh, famous violin solo, Horse Daccata. But instead, 35 men will play the solo simultaneously all together at the same time. <laughs> Psychiatrist. Child psychiatry is playing a great part in helping our future generation. A good psychiatrist might discover the poor child is backward, a real introvert, or junior, the mean little kid. <laughs>
7: Now, hold on to me, Grandma. Now, Junior, hmm? stay with Grandma. I will. Oh, goodness, look at all the traffic. Yeah. We'll never get across the street. Yes, we will, too. I has me little traffic whistle with me. I'm going to blow it. What? <laughs> look at that Chevrolet playing piggyback. Boy, that's the first time I ever see a man get on the bus without getting out of his own car. Give oh, me that, whistle, Junior. Hmm? Give me that. The
4: devil's in you today.
7: Well, if he is, he's going to be sorry, boy. <laughs> oh, I've stood this long enough. Don't you hit me. Junior, we're going to see Dr. Bushell, the famous child psychiatrist. Well, I'll give him a pick or two. Huh? A psychiatrist? Who's that? What he does? That's the doctor that looks into your mind. Oh. And he can see what's going on. Really? Can I see, too? No, Junior. You're too young to see what's going on in your mind. Oh. This doctor improves <laughs> your mind. Really? Well, boy, he's going to have slim pickings with me, ain't he, huh? <laughs> now, come on, let's go see them, i huh? Now, we're going into the doctor's office. Please be good, Junior. Does you want me to be good? Yes. Me old speech now? So? Yes. Just like a widow gentleman? Yes.
10: Not a chance. <laughs> Oh. Ah, good afternoon, Mrs... Uh...
7: Felton Oh uh, This is my grandson
10: uh, Well, young man, hello, hello, hello
7: Ah, <laughs> Why don't you pretend you was a pound of butter and make yourself
10: scarce <laughs> ah, schizophrenia yeah. Did you say something or did
7: you catch cold?
10: <laughs>
4: I hope you can do something with
10: him. My dear lady, I've spent 20 years studying children like him. And what's your conclusion? I'm a bachelor. <laughs> <laughs>
7: hey, is you really a little child, seek
10: Junior, I, I help little children. <laughs> you don't? Now, before you leave here, you'll be grateful to me. Why, is you going to give me some gumdrop? No.
7: Then we we'll never see eye to eye, I? <laughs>
10: You know, madam, sometimes children idolize an older person so much that they imitate them.
7: I think he's following in his grandfather's footsteps. You mean I am staggering? <laughs> Yes, uh, Junior. Well, no. <laughs> hey, well, I take off my clothes so you can get on with the with the examination. Uh, junior, in my work I don't examine
10: your body. I examine your mind. Oh, well, I take
7: off my hat for you then.
10: <laughs> Tell me, Junior, yeah. uh,
7: do you have strange dreams?
10: I sure does. Did you ever hear this one?
3: Easy what? does it. Junior. <laughs>
7: Not that one, Grandma. Another one. <laughs> you know, last night I dreamed... I see Superman and Flash Gordon and they was fighting. Ooh, it was awful. They was throwing atomic bombs at each other and shooting rocket guns at each other and they was just about killing each other there. But they didn't do it. <laughs> you know who stopped them? No. Little orphan Annie. <laughs> Oh, I thought of that, I guess. <laughs> You know, I used to dream that I was an elephant, squirting water through me nose at people, you know. But lately I've been dreaming that I was an Indian, and I goes around scalping them, you know. Scalping people? Yes, my dreams is getting better all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting. From the picture of the same name, I'm glad you like it. Second features are much
10: better, though. Stick around with <laughs>
4: What does that dream mean, Doctor?
10: It means that he has two opposite qualities He has a good conscience and a bad conscience oh. And they're always battling for control of him Yeah, that good
7: conscience ain't much of a
10: fighter, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Now tell me, Junior, all about your childhood as far back as you can remember Well, that wouldn't take very long because I ain't been here very long enough
7: I remember when I was first born I never forget that day the old stork tried to commit suicide. <laughs> I look up for me little padded credo and I saw me pop handing out cigars, you know. And then the next thing I know, someone picks me up and they're trying to put a three-cornered jute suit
10: on me. <laughs> you know, he's a strange little fellow. He's bad, but really wants to be good. Oh.
7: Junior, do you really remember all that?
10: Yes, I got a
7: perfect memory. I remember everything, you know. Then
4: tell me if you have such a perfect memory. Yeah? Who put that frog in your grandfather's pajamas last week?
7: You know, I think my me memory is failing, me. <laughs> I can't even remember who put the glue in his bedroom slippers last night.
10: Very interesting. He definitely has a split personality. Split personality. Now, personality. Uh, we'll uh, test his willpower. <laughs> uh, junior, yeah? I want you to go into the next room. Yeah? Now, you'll find a lot of different articles, playthings, valuable antiques, and you, you just go in and make yourself at home. You mean me? <laughs> and that with all that oh uh, All
7: alone? Uh, you realize what you're doing, don't you? <laughs> yes.
10: You mean you're a regular doctor here? You didn't wander in from someplace? Oh, oh, oh no, no, I'm the regular doctor. Huh? But I know, y- you won't touch anything that you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he must be a stranger in
7: town. Right? Run alone like the man says, Junior. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. Look at it on the table. Sling shot in a box of rocks. <laughs> Look at all of them windows and them faces. I wonder if this is a booby trap. <laughs> Maybe it's a mirage. Maybe some kind of a trick. Then then, what do I care? I'm going to do it anyhow. <laughs> oh, <you> <laughs> Give me a rock, boy. i could... <laughs>
3: Meow, meow,
7: meow. You
10: see, it wasn't him after all. It was a cat. He still worked you. <laughs> so, I really know that he broke something, but when he starts to do things like that, use a little psychology on him. Just pretend you don't care and he'll stop. What's going on in here? Nothing, Junior.
7: Now you tell me what you
10: was doing or is I going to shoot you with a slingshot? Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> Go right ahead and shoot me. Ah.
4: It's all right,
10: Junior. Ah. Go
7: ahead. Now, she ought to know better than that. <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. You
10: see. No,
7: I wouldn't <laughs> shoot you with a slingshot. You're a nice old doctor. <laughs> Could I borrow that hatchet over there? <laughs> no, you wouldn't hit him with a hatchet. You're kidding. <laughs> you just keep laughing, kiddo. That's all.
10: You wait till he runs around here with a real split personality. <laughs> uh, You've you played long enough. Uh, now, give me the rocks and the slingshot. Okay, okay. here's the rock. <laughs> Good heavens, my window. Boy,
7: I am hot now. Here comes another one. Look out, Junior. Oh, 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 oh he <laughs>
8: Me with
3: a head. He broke me with no hand. broke me with no hand. You shouldn't have
10: encouraged him. No, you sir. shouldn't
3: have encouraged me. It's not your fault. The fault. Oh, bless his little heart. Yeah, bless
10: his little
3: heart. <laughs> well,
10: in psychiatry, I have found that when you a person is know. badly hurt, he never repeats the harmful act. So do. this boy has learned a great lesson.
7: He don't. don't know me very well, do he?
9: the same time, Red Skelton, David Forrester and his orchestra lead, Alice, Berna Felt and Gigi Pierre Pat McGee and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. Until next Tuesday then, this is Red Skelton saying goodbye now and thanks for listening. And remember listen to Hildegard tomorrow night and the people are funny with Art Letter Friday night over most of these stations. Red Skelton is heard in this program through the courtesy of Metro Golden Mayor. is brought to you by the Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation.
1: This is NBC, the national
9: broadcasting company.
1: Thank you for listening. I hope you're with me next week when I'll uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theatre of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend.